0: All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about the parable of the talent. So your, your Bible might say the parable of the three servants or the parable of the bags of money and a couple of different things. That's what we're talking about tonight. Right before we jump into that... I want to remind you guys about what we're doing uh, starting next week, or really starting on February 1st on Monday. Um, as a group, as, as a, as a caliphate ministry together, we're going to be going through uh, this. It's called the Live Dead Journal. It's a 30-day uh, journal. It's a challenge. Uh, to, to die to ourselves uh, so that Christ can be, be more glorified in us, to, to die uh, to the things of this world so that we can, can truly be alive in Jesus. Uh, each day of the journal is written by a different missionary, mostly foreign missionaries, a couple home missionaries. I think day two is written by a, a Chi Alpha pastor in, in, in Texas. But super, super challenging stuff um, that I feel like is going to be so powerful for us. Uh, and the spiritual growth of our group as we go through it together. As we go through it together and we're talking about it together and say, man, uh, that one this morning really got me. How about you? And we kind of talk about the things God's challenging us with. Uh, along with those uh, deep and meaningful spiritual challenges, there's also um, uh, prayers we can pray for different unreached people groups. At the end of each uh, day of the journal, uh, there'll they'll be, they'll be a description of an unreached people group and specific ways you can pray uh, for the gospel to reach them. Um, powerful, powerful journal. Uh, and so we're going to start that on Monday. So hopefully every single one of you guys leave here tonight with one of these books. Uh, it, if you guys could pay me $5 for it, that would be great. If you say, man, I don't have $5 right now. Uh, we'll, we'll just, you owe me $5 then, okay? And go ahead and take one. Because I just want you guys all to have it so when we start on Monday, everyone can start and people aren't kind of lagging behind, you know? So it's a 30-day journal so we'll start Monday and it'll end on March 1st. Um, really, really, really good and I can't wait to, to start talking about it with you guys. So starting next week, we're going to kick off uh, a series of talks on Thursday nights. So we're going to go along with uh, that, that lived dead concept, cool um, let me tell you a story. How many of you guys have ever uh, been in charge of something and it didn 't go so well? and have you ever put in charge of something, say given a responsibility and it did not go well, crashed and burned right? Uh, let me tell you a story. when I was in high school, I worked at tcBY the yogurt uh, the yogurt store, I scooped ice cream and did the, the frozen yogurt. Um, and I worked there for several years throughout high school. After I'd been there for, for a couple of years, they promoted me to supervisor, uh, so I had a little bit more responsibility. I would get there and open the store, sometimes close the store, uh, responsible over other people. Uh, there was one day in the summer um, it was my parents' anniversary, right? So I got there early in the morning to open the store. I was supposed to work until about 4 in the afternoon. Uh, someone would come in and relieve me, right? And, the, you know, they'd, they'd work the rest of the however many hours until ten, eleven o'clock and then close down the store. And when they relieved me at 4, I'd come home, watch my little brother so my parents could go out for their anniversary, right? Uh, so I get there in the, early in the morning. I open the store. I work hard all day. I uh, mean, 3 o'clock comes around, no one's come to relieve me, 4 o'clock comes around, no one's come to relieve me, uh, 4.30, 5 o'clock, I'm, I'm calling people, right, I'm going through all the other employees saying, hey, you know, first of all, calling people who are supposed to come in, right, hey, you're supposed to work, where are you? Uh, no answer, just start calling everyone on the roster saying anyone can come in and work, um, I've got a responsibility, right, my folks are counting on me uh, to, to, to watch my brother, they could go out and a fancy uh, fancy pants uh, anniversary date planned, and I promised them I'd be there, so it, it's 5 o'clock, there's still nobody. No one's answering. Not even the manager of the store is answering my phone calls. Uh, so I just I make the executive decision because I'm in charge. I'm going to close early, right? It's a, a fro- frozen yogurt store in the middle of the heat of summer. We're going to close at 5 o'clock, right? Uh, instead, of, instead of at 11 o'clock midnight. Uh, so, so I went ahead and closed. Um, I, mean, I left a note for the manager, why? And, and, I, and I went on home. And I guess uh, uh, so at some point, the owner of the store had driven by and saw that we were closed. Uh, he called my manager, yelled at her. She, of course, called me and yelled at me. Um, but, man, I I did my best, right? I, I was in charge. I made the decision. It wasn't the decision they liked. But really, honestly, I was more—I was more afraid of, of my mother than I was of my manager, right? So I'm like, no, I got to get home. I got to keep my commitment. Um, yeah, so if that didn't go so well. They probably would have fired me if, like, all the other employees they had weren't worse than I was. Um, so they're, ah, you know, we're going to give you a good scolding, but yeah, you you've still got the job. Yes, you're still supervisor. We need you. Please don't quit. Um, It's one of those kind of situations. yeah, so I, and a few years later, you know, I did quit uh, when it came time to move to college. Um, but yeah, if you guys ever been in charge of something and, and it didn't go well, then uh, you got, got yelled at, you didn't, you didn't handle the thing the way the person who put you in charge wanted you to handle it. Uh, you know, years later, I'd get, get a job at the bank, um, and I'd be overseeing people's accounts and loans and mortgages, you know, overseeing you know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars, and they never brought up the fact, hey, weren't you the guy that closed that yogurt shop early? They, they didn't care, right? That didn't matter. They, everybody, everybody moved on from that. Um, Tonight we're talking about stewardship, stewardship, and stewardship is just a fancy word for what you do with the things that have been entrusted to you, you know, what's been put in your care, what's been given to you, and what you do with it, that's stewardship. Um, Specifically, how do you use what God has entrusted to you, the things God has given you, the things God has placed in your life for you to be responsible for, what do you do uh, with those things, and why does it matter? You know, it really does matter what we do with what God's given us. There'll be a day uh, where we'll be held accountable to that. That's the, you know, the parable um, that Shauna read. That's what's at the core of that. There's going to be a day where we're going to be held accountable for everything that's been entrusted uh, to us. So we want to be good stewards. We want to do right with it. Um, we're going to be breaking down that parable here in a second. Um, We've been going through a series on Thursday nights here in Chi called Let Me Tell You a Story. Um, going through all the different parables of Jesus. The, the Gospels tell us that every single time that Jesus spoke he used some kind of parable, some kind of story, uh, some kind of analogy to help us understand. So the parables were these uh, simple stories, simple illustrations that packed uh, uh, powerful spiritual truth in them. And so we, man, over the, over the last several weeks we've talked about everything. We've talked about patches on wineskins. We've talked about uh, farmers. Lots of stories about farmers, right? We've talked about kings and kingdoms. We've talked about fathers and sons. Lots of analogies, lots of illustrations. Um, and then so so starting last week, we started to bring the series to a close. And of course, tonight's the conclusion uh, to the series, closing it out with this parable of the talents. Last week, we talked about the parable uh, of the wicked tenants. And if you didn't get a chance to hear that one, uh, you can listen into it on the website, kylefromemphis.org, and kind of replay that or, or revisit that. Um, the story of the wicked, wicked tenants... Um, had to do with, with the responsibility we have for the spiritual health and the devotion of those around us. See, the parable was a strong rebuke Uh, to the religious leaders there in Israel who had done a bad job of pastoring, shepherding the the Israelite people. Um, Instead of leading them into devotion to the Lord, uh, man, they set up a lot of rules and legalisms that made it difficult for people to come to God. You know, instead of leading people into relationship with God, often they led people into idolatry and worship of other gods. Uh, So so it made us kind of ask these questions of ourselves. Man, are, are we doing anything that might lead other people into idolatry? Right, what kind of things in our life Um, are we celebrating more than Jesus? So if someone looks at our life, they see that we're really excited about uh, basketball. Went to the Grizzlies game Monday night. That was a blast. Um, But man, if I'm celebrating the Grizzlies more than Jesus, something's wrong, right? Uh, That if I'm, man, I'm really excited about, man, some movies coming out. Uh, Well, we got Superman. He's going to be versus Batman. And then you got Captain America, and he's going to be versus... Iron Man, you got all these, man, I'm excited about these superhero movies, but if I'm more excited about that than I'm excited about Jesus, then something's wrong, right? So, so are we living in a way that might be leading other people uh, into idolatry unintentionally? Maybe we're celebrating things more than we celebrate the Lord and we're, we're taking attention off of God, and that's not good. Are we doing things that make it difficult for people to come to God? You know, the, the Pharisees set up all these rules, all these legalisms that God never intended to, and it was tough for people to come to God. I mean, how do we do that as Christians, Right? Man, what do we do that makes it tough for someone to feel like they can come to God? They don't feel like uh, they can come to God and be real, be themselves. They feel like they maybe already have to be perfect before they even show up at church. It shouldn't be that way, right? Uh, So so those kind of introspective things for us to think about. And, of course, what are we doing uh, to help those around us come to know God and enter into a relationship with Him? Those are the kind of things we talked about last week. Tonight we're going to be concluding uh, the series and continuing that same idea um, with the parable of the tenants. So so if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew 25, uh, verse 14 through 30. Um, Shauna read it a second ago. The verses will be up there. Um, If you don't have your Bible, maybe your your, your friend does sitting next to you and you can kind of cuddle up close to them uh, and that will be okay. Um, Or you can just read off the screen there. Um, And and like I said, it's a continuation of that idea we started last week. Uh, The religious leaders were bad stewards of what God had entrusted to them, the responsibility God had given them to shepherd the people. Uh, So here in Matthew 25, we're going to look at another story about people being held accountable for what they've been given. Um, We're going to pick up in verse 14. I'm going to pray, and then we'll we'll take a look at it together. Father God, uh, again, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters gathered here tonight. Um, God, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts beforehand Uh, to receive your word. Make our hearts good soil, God. Uh, Teach us what you want us to learn uh, from this parable, God. Help us to grow uh, to be the men and women of God that you want us to be good stewards of everything that you've entrusted to us, God. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you say what you want said and nothing else. Uh, God, communicate with hearts. Do as you please. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so starting in verse 14, uh, Jesus says, Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Twenty gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Like I said, your Bible may translate it bags of silver or bags of gold or bags of money or talents. That's where we get the name, the parable of the talents. Uh, talent here, not referring to a, like America's got talent, kind of talent, a, a ability or a skill. It's not talking about that. Talent as a unit of measurement, specifically a unit of measuring uh, money. So one talent would be worth over a thousand U.S. dollars, right, in modern money. One talent, over a thousand dollars. So, be given the talent. I'm giving you a thousand dollars to 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 do something with. To do something with. I want to earn a profit back. It's like a little bit like the Shark Tank, right? I'm going to invest thirty thousand dollars in you, uh, but I want to see that money back, right? I'm not just throwing it at you. I expect you to you to be successful, earn a profit, and I'll I'll make that money back. Right, so we're talking about the things, uh, the things that God's entrusted to us. So certainly our talents and skills and abilities are included in that, but it's not limited to that. We're also talking about um, the time that God's given us, the, the energy, the influence, the resources, the money, uh, the abilities, the spiritual gifts, all the things that God has entrusted to you and only you. Um, and how are we doing uh, with those things? How are, how are we doing as good stewards of those things? Um, that's what we're talking about tonight. So, so this illustration where he's giving, he's giving money to each of these servants, uh, you can think as like an extended analogy for all the things God's given you. He's made you unique. You've got gifts and abilities no one else has. You have opportunities and influence with people that nobody else has. Um, and you, you've got time, right? And, and all of us have the same amount of time, right? I've got the same amount of time as Bill Gates and as Devante. We all got 24 hours each, right? God was really fair, dividing out the time. Um, but, man, how are we using it? How, how are, are we being a good steward of that time uh, for the Lord? So I want, I want you to pay attention especially to verse 15 here uh, where Jesus emphasizes according to his ability. According to his ability. Um, and it's very important that you grab a hold of that because well, the, the danger here when we're thinking about, man, am I being a good steward of my gifts and abilities, uh, is the comparison trap, right? Uh, man, I feel like I'm being a, a pretty good steward, but then I look at that guy over here, and he's a way better preacher than me. Or I look at this guy over here, and, and uh, he's a way better prayer and Bible reader than I am. Or I look at this person, and uh, he's a lot more handsome than I am. Or, or this person, he, man, he, man, when he, he leads life group, like 50 people show up, and he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, and we start to compare ourselves. Or, or man, this guy, man, he gives so much money uh, at church, and that's because he makes a lot of money, right? But we don't, we don't compare to other people, right? He says that he held them accountable each based on his own ability. Uh, so so be careful that you don't man, fall into that trap of trying to compare yourself to someone else. The, uh, the God's only looking at you. God knows what he's entrusted you with and he's going to hold you accountable to that. But God's not going to tru- hold Brandon accountable for what, you know, he entrusted Chris with, right? Uh, and, and, and vice versa. That He's looking at you specifically, how he made you. Um, and, and those are the kind of things, man, he's looking at. Are you, are, you, are you using those things for him and for his glory? Uh, Continuing on in verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. All right. So different business strategies here. Uh, the first two guys, 100% profit. Right. They, uh, they 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 made back double double what they invested. Uh, the last guy, man, he goes and he buries it in the backyard. I guess like the dog would a bone. Um, the two servants, the first two servants, man, they went right to work and worked hard uh, and, and they doubled the investment. Um, the third guy, he didn't really do anything with what he'd been given. He'd been given a gift. He'd been given an investment from the Lord. And he didn't do anything with it, nothing at all. Verse 19, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And the man with two bags came, and it's much the same. He shows up. He says, "Hey, I've earned two more." He says, "Well done, good and faithful servants. Come and share in your master's happiness. You were good with a few things. And I'm going to put you in charge of many things." So recurring idea. I mean, I can't think of what would be a better thing to hear when I stand before the Lord someday, and He's looking at my life than to hear, "Well done, well done, Carly. Well done, Juan. You know, well done, Damiano." Well done, my, my good and faithful servant. Now, I put you in charge of a few things, and you did great. You did a great job. Well done. Come and enjoy you know, man, Come and enjoy all the rewards with me. Uh, and there's going to come a day where we're going to be held accountable for everything that God's entrusted to us. We're going to be judged for how we used what God has given us. And it's not a heaven or hell kind of judgment. It's not that kind of judgment. You know, for those of us who put our faith in Jesus, uh, man, that judgment's already been settled. Right? When, the, when you put your faith in Jesus, when you trust in Him and what He did on the cross to save you, and that decision about heaven or hell, that's done. Right That you get to, to have eternal life in Christ, uh, your, your relationship with God, uh, your eternity is settled, uh, you're going to heaven. Right. We're not talking about that kind of judgment. Um, but at the same time, man, the, the Bible is illustrating a concept here that you're still going to be, be held accountable for what you do, for your, your works on this earth. It's not, it's not going to save you or, or damn you, but the, those works matter. What you did with what God entrusted to you matters, and you're going to be held accountable uh, for those things. You know, a time of being rewarded for the good you've done. That's good to know, right? That man, sometimes you do good, uh, and it's not noticed, right? Nobody sees it. Man, the Bible says that's the best kind of good, by the way. But, man, a lot of times you'll do good, uh, and, and no, nobody sees it. Nobody sees it but God. But to know that, that God's keeping a record. He's keeping account. And there's going to be a day that he settles accounts, and you're going to be rewarded. For the good that you do, you know the you know the Bible says that that what's done in secret, the Father will reward you openly. So there's going to come a time that those secret good things you did, that the Father sees, there's going to be time for reward, and that's what we're talking about here. Um, A time of being rewarded for the good that we've done uh, man, with the gifts and abilities that God has given us. And again, I couldn't think of a better thing to hear than that well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear, right? The day I stand before the Lord and say, okay, God, here's my life. Um, Man, I knew I blew it in a lot of areas. I'm thankful for grace. Thankful for uh, mercy. um, But but then then here's what I tried to do with what you gave me. And I want to hear, man, good job. Good job. Way to go. Um, And there's also this concept uh, that Jesus is laying out that those who are faithful with a little bit can be trusted with more. You may feel like, man, I'm, I'm not, God's not giving me a whole lot of abilities. Maybe that I see, maybe I got to sit and think about it um, or I don't have all the same resources uh, this guy over here has and I don't have, have the, you know, the same financial resources or the same ability or the same influence this guy has. Man, it doesn't matter. Remember we said, man, stay out of that comparison trap. God's just just looking at, at, at what he entrusted to you. Uh, so he says, if you're faithful with the little bit you have, it may not be much, but just be faithful with it. If it's only a little bit of influence, use that little bit of influence for Jesus. If it's only a little bit of resources, use, use that little bit of resources. If you only have a little bit of time, because you're a nursing major like Taylor and Lily, right? So you've got, like, you've got like 10 minutes of each 24-hour day to yourself. But if you use that little bit for the Lord, man, man he's, he's going to be pleased. And if you've been faithful with a little, he's going he's to bless you with more. Uh, so there's this concept that God's working here. Be faithful with what God's giving you. Uh, man, don't, don't beat up yourself. Don't be down on yourself. Uh, but just take what God's given you and be faithful with that, and God's going to entrust you with more. And, and we see that the faithful servants are praised and rewarded. And, man, Jesus also shows that there's displeasure uh, from the master to the servant who didn't do anything with what he's been given. Picking up in verse 24, it says, Then the man who received one bag of gold came, and he said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have at least put the money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I'd have received it back with interest. He says, man, the least you could have done I mean, don't put it in a hole in the ground. Always put it in a bank and then maybe like, I'd earn a little bit of interest off of it. Something, if you're not going to do anything with it. Uh, and and so, so we see here the little insight into, into the heart of the servant who didn't do anything with what he'd been given. Uh, that it wasn't so much laziness. And one thing to say, man, he's just lazy. He didn't do anything. He's just lazy. I don't think that's all it was. Uh, that, that When you look at his response to the, to, to, to the master, um, it, it was not so much about laziness, but having a wrong view of the master. You know, the, the, the type of person would have a wrong view of God, uh, a fear and a mistrust for God's character. And that's what led this third servant to have such bad stewardship, is that he, he didn't trust the character of the master. Um, and he thought the master would be cruel. Uh, and and the, the man, if he did a bad job, that man, he, there, there'd be punishment there and rebuke. Um, when really, man, the master just wanted him to do his best, right? Just wanted him to do his best. Uh, and, and, but because he had that mistrust of the character, oh, he's, he's, he's a tough, he's a cruel master, uh, so I don't want to screw up, so I'm just not going to do anything. Right? How often, f- for fear of screwing up or making a fool of ourselves, do we not do anything? Now, that's what we're looking at. That's the kind of heart. That, that Man, God, I know you've given me abilities. I know you've given me talents. I know you've, you've given me time, same as everybody else, influence like everybody else, uh, but I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to make a fool of myself. And, and I'm, I'm worried maybe you'll be mad at me if I do, so I'm just not going to do anything. And that, that's the guy that buries it in the ground, not doing anything because he has a mistrust about the character of the master. If we don't really understand God's heart, that God, first and foremost, loves you. Loves you, loves you, loves you like a daddy loves his daughters and sons. You can't do anything to make him mad at you. You can't do anything you know, to, 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 to where he's going to be. He's going to be cruel. Uh, and, and, and angry with you, right? If you're doing your best, man, you, you earn his pleasure. Um, if, you're, if you're trying to serve him with all of your heart, all of your heart, all of your ability, all of your strength, uh, then, then he's going to be pleased. So this third servant, man, he, uh, he doesn't trust God's character. And so it's the same way with us. If we understand God's character, that's going to have a direct impact on what kind of steward we are with what he's given to us. You know, do we see God as that cruel taskmaster saying, do this, this, and this, and then I'll love you, Right? Or do we see God as, as gentle and loving? The way God reveals himself to us, uh, a, a God of love that says, I love you. I love you because I love you and because of what I've done for you and here, here's the things that I require. And so, so a good stewardship of what God's given us is going to flow out of us having the right understanding about his character, knowing who God is and also knowing his heart for others. The closer we get to God, the more we begin to understand his heart, that God loves us and he also loves other people. He loves our neighbors, he loves our classmates, our friends, man, who don't know him. And so we begin to get his heart for theirs uh, and, and then we're going to be a whole lot better steward with being, being a light to those around us. Um, and so the servant uses this excuse uh, for himself. He says... Uh, he said oh man I thought that you were this way or I knew that you were this way he doesn't say I thought he says I knew that you were this way and this way and this way he uses it as an excuse to defend himself but then look what the master does he takes it and he twists it he, turn, he uses his own words against him he says oh you thought I was like that oh you knew that I, that I was like that um, he, he, takes, he takes the servant's own words and he uses it, he uses it back at him um, he says you say you thought I was this way well then why didn't you act accordingly You know, if this isn't just an excuse, if you really thought I was this way, then why didn't that motivate you to work even harder? Um, He he takes his own words and he, he brings it back to him. You know, some of us are operating under a wrong view of God's character. Uh, imposing I mean, standards on ourselves that he, he, never, he never meant for us to impose. Um, you know, the, the, the standards we're living by are, are actually ones we've created, that they don't come from God. Um, and if we're honest, most of us don't even live up to the own standards we set for ourselves. And this is a difficult thing. So when I look at God, the Master here, uh, using His own words against Him, I can't help but think about the, the words we speak and when we judge other people. When we say, you know, people should live this way. You know, people shouldn't do that Oh, uh, you know, guys shouldn't be wearing that. Girls shouldn't be wearing that. Oh, he should never go there. You know the things we say. You know, uh, so this is not. I did not make this up. This is not my analogy. This is borrowed from uh, another pastor I heard. But imagine this. Uh, yes, there will be a day where we're all held accountable. We're all standing before judgment before God, and, and, and God's going to judge us, and He's going to be righteous and fair, and we're going to get what we deserve. Um, and and but imagine. If God said, okay, maybe you didn't know me, right? You didn't know me and you didn't know my law, so let's say I don't even hold you accountable to that, um, but, 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 but what if I told you that your whole life there's been an invisible tape recorder around your neck, you know, recording everything you've said since you learned how to speak until your death. Everything that you've said uh, in judgment towards someone else or any kind of uh, statements you've made about how people should live. Oh, I think people should live this way. I think people should help the poor. I think people should do this. Or a good person would X, Y, Z. And it's recorded every single one of those. So I'm not going to judge me. You didn't know the Bible. You didn't know the Ten Commandments. Well, we'll forget that. I'm not going to judge you by that. What if I judged you just by your own standards, right? I wouldn't even want to be judged by that. Because how many of us know we don't even live up to our own standards? We don't. Man, we we judge all these other people and we're not even doing that ourselves, right? That that we, we crumble to pieces even trying to live up to our own standards. Much less live up to God's standard. Um, I mean, just showing how, how desperate how desperate we all are for God's grace. We need a God who's merciful to us, right? If we've got a wrong view of God's character, if we don't understand that God is gracious and merciful, then we're in trouble because we need a God that is gracious because we don't even live up to our own standards. How much less, you know, are we able to live up to God's? You know, how many times have you said, man, a person should do this, and really in your heart, you don't even do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and I hope you guys, you know, not, not to condemn anybody, but help you realize uh, yeah I don't need to be judgmental of other people because man I, I'm not even doing it myself um, that, that we need to show grace and mercy to others like we've been shown grace and mercy uh, not try to set standards for people that God doesn't set uh, and then do our best to, to, to live up to the Lord's standards and not, not, not ones that we create um, let's continue on verse 28 He says so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one with tin bags For whoever has will be given more, and they'll have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. You know, so those who steward well are going to be given more, going to be entrusted with more. Like we said, if you're faithful with the little, God can trust you with more and more and more and more. Um, If you're unfaithful with the little, what does he say? Even what you have is going to be taken away. That if if you've got a skill, you've got a gift, and you've got an ability, um, and whatever it is, whether it's, laziness or a wrong view of God's character or whatever, and you don't use that ability, you don't use those resources, uh, you, don't, you don't use that talent that time, uh, the Bible says it's going to be taken from you. But God's patient, right? God's patient. He's not like, okay, it's been five minutes, but there'll come a day where that's no longer going to be available to you. God entrusted it to you for a specific purpose, for His kingdom and for His glory, uh, and He'll lead you by His Holy Spirit. What He wants you to do with what He's entrusted to you? But if you don't use it, and you just sit on it or you just bury it in the yard. There's going to come a day where you going. okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going to give it to the guy that, has, that is being faithful, right? I'm going to take that and give it, give it to someone that I can trust. You're going to lose even what you have. Continuing on in verse 30, it says, Throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the servant is punished, and the little he has is taken from him. And some of you guys say, but that's not fair. That's not fair. Why, you know, why, he only had a little anyway. Why did you take even the little he had away from him? Imagine you guys are, are managers. And some of you guys are going to go on to be, to be managers, to be supervisors, to be CEOs. Uh, I and mean, there's some bright, bright people in this room, right? Someday you're going to have employees, right? And you're going to have some employees that, that, that show up at work, and, and they work hard. Uh, And the money that you pay them, the salary that you pay them, it's going to be worth every penny because they're going to be working hard uh, to to make your job easier to help the company. You're going to have some employees that show up and are lazy as can be. Lazy as can be. They're not going to do anything. They're going to be on on Facebook. They're going to be... Uh, watching Vine loops while they're supposed to be working and, and except when you walk by and then the oh, okay yeah I was work, working hard I got the Excel spreadsheet open clickety clackety clickety clackety uh, but they're going to be lasers. can be never produce anything for the company uh, and, and you're going to have a difficult decision do I keep paying this guy the same salary that I'm paying these other guys when he's not doing anything no no what happens to that guy he gets fired right so, so we don't go oh that's not fair that's not fair he only has that, that little bit uh, no he's not doing anything with it right He's being lazy, and we're not obligated to pay to pay to pay the bum to to not do work for us, right? Um. And so, so, so that man with the, the, this, this this lazy servant is the same way. He, he's not going to stay on salary uh, just for doing nothing. Uh, that, that man, even what he has, is going to be taken from him and trusted to someone that is faithful. Man, man, take that guy's salary, and we'll split it between the guys that are really earning and are doing right. Um, your managers, you'll, you'll be CEOs, you'll be managers, supervisors someday. You get to make those uh, really fun decisions. Say, hey, come into my office. I need to have a conversation with you. Right? Verse thirty says that he's going to be cast out, and there will be weeping. There will be gnashing of teeth. Wait, hold up. I thought we said this wasn't that kind of judgment. It wasn't that heaven and hell kind of judgment because that sounds a lot like hell to me. Weeping, gnashing your teeth, cast out of the kingdom. That sounds like hell. But we said this isn't that kind of judgment. What's going on here? Um, So this servant, for this servant, this third servant, it was obviously more than just a misunderstanding of God's character. It's more than just, Ah, God, I thought you were this way, but I guess you're really this way. Uh, It's more than that. He was wrong about God's character because he didn't know God. He didn't have a relationship with God. That's why he was wrong about his character. Um, That's why he was cast out of the kingdom. He didn't know him. He didn't have a relationship with him. Um, he didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't know him, you know, uh, enough to know what his character would be. Um, and because there wasn't that relationship with there, that's why at the time for him to be fired, man, he, he, he was cast out. There was no. Uh, there, there was no connection between him and the master there. And I want you guys to think about that, uh, man, man, with our with our with our relationship with God. Uh, that it's not enough for us just, you know, with God just to do nice things for Him, just to do good works for Him. That at some point it comes down to: Do you have a relationship with Him, or do you not? Uh, that, that man you can do all kinds of good works and we should do good works and good things but those good works aren't going to save you and they can't save you um, Man, that, that we're, only, we're only saved when we put our faith in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross to save us Right? That, that's how we enter into a relationship with God that's how we're made right with God and then our good works and good deeds are going to flow out of that loving relationship oh God you love me so much and man, I want to spread that love and share it with other people and help other people uh, but, but those good things we do aren't, aren't what save us um, Your good works are going to be rewarded, but only out of a context of flowing out of a relationship with God. Um, And your good works, no matter how much you do, and you can do so much good. And guys, there's people out there that do so much good. They give give millions, billions to charities, right? Uh, That that, that work work, work their their knuckles to the bone uh, and and service projects, this or that. But man, no matter how many good works you do, it's not enough to save you, right? It's not enough to, to have your sins forgiven, to make your record right with God. Only God can forgive your sins. And He forgives your sins on account of what Jesus did for you on the cross. That, that Jesus on the cross took the punishment we deserve for everything we've done wrong on Himself. So God ex- instead extends us grace and mercy and forgiveness, allows us to enter a relationship with Him, uh, to really know Him and be with Him forever. Why don't you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. This is jumping back to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is, is wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount, and He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. And it says, away from me, you evildoers. You know, the, 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 there are going to be people that say, man, I did a lot of stuff for you, God. I did this, I did that, I did that. And God's going to say, who, who are you again? Okay, okay, I'm hearing you did some good things. You, well, you did some miracles in my name? That's pretty, that's pretty special. But I don't know you. I don't know you, son. I, I, don't, I don't know you. Who are you? Um, I don't want to hear that, right? We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, not depart from me. I never knew you. Right? And end of the day, end of the day, that's the judgment uh, that, that, that matters. Have you put your faith in Christ and entered into a relationship with God because of what Jesus did for you? Uh, so, so that you can say that you know God. When you, come, when you come and stand before God, when this life is through, God can say, Ah oh, my son, oh, my daughter, you know, come, come and, enjoy, uh, and, and enjoy fellowship with me forever and ever and ever. Or it'll be, I don't know you. Depart from me. I never knew you. Um, it's about relationship, right? Personal relationship is key. It's not about how much good you do. It's not about how much bad you do. It's about personal relationship. If you put your faith in Christ and entered into a personal relationship with God, we're only made right with God by putting our faith in Jesus and what He did for us on the cross. It's that forgiveness that allows us to enter into a relationship with a perfect God. Uh, it's an everlasting communion that begins in this life and carries on forever into the next. Uh, and it's based on that personal relationship. So the question is, if you were to stand before God uh, to be held accountable for your own life, do you have a relationship with Him? You know, Are you going to be judged by, by your works? Or are you going to be judged by Jesus' works and what He did for you, um, can you honestly say, hey, yeah, I do have a relationship with God. I know God. He knows me. Um, or could you say, man, I, I, don't, I don't know that I, I would have what you'd call a relationship with God. Um, if, if you don't have a relationship with God, uh, man, it's not something I don't want you to overcomplicate it. Um, a relationship with God looks like uh, admitting your need for God and admitting your, your sinfulness, uh, receiving God's free gift of forgiveness, His grace, His mercy, um, allowing Him to change your heart and then beginning to walk with Him. So that looks like praying and, and, and talking to Him. That looks like listening to you know for His voice, listening to His guidance, being obedient to Him, being obedient to His Bible, His Word. Um, you know, that, that's what it looks like there. Some other applications for us. So some other questions for us to ask ourselves, looking at this parable, the parable uh, of the talents and thinking about, man, how are we doing with what God's entrusted to us? So some questions to ask. Um... Yeah, we'll, we'll be that. And to think about a little inventory. If you were to inventory your own life, uh, you know, a, a store. Like if you were to go to Walmart, um, it, they have they have an inventory. Any store. It's your FedEx store. They've got they've, or UPS store. My bad. UPS store. They've got. Um, we got a little thing called FedEx here in Memphis, so they kind of they kind of dominate. Uh, anyway, the UPS store, Sean's UPS store. They've got an inventory. How many cardboard boxes they have? How many rolls of tape they have? And everything needs to match, right? So if you were to take an inventory of your own life, how am I doing? God, how am I doing with my time, the time you've entrusted to me? God, how am I doing with the resources, the finances you've entrusted to me? Am I being wasteful with them, or am I being a good steward of them? God, how am I doing with the talents and the abilities that you've given me? I'm not comparing myself to the next guy. You know, I can't maybe talk like the next guy. I can't sing like the next guy. Uh, I, can't, I can't do that breakdance move that Chris did. Man, I'd hurt myself really bad if I tried that. Um, not comparing yourself to the next guy, but how are you doing with the skills and ability God's given you? Are you being a good steward of that? How are you using your influence for God? God's giving you influence in people's lives. How are you leveraging that influence for the kingdom? You know, to lead people to Christ, to make disciples. Um, How are you using your spiritual gifts? And God has given each of you unique and distinct spiritual gifts. You know, gifts from the Holy Spirit. uh, You know, ways He's enabled you uh, to glorify God in your life. Uh, how are you using those spiritual gifts? Or are you not? You're just sitting on them. And, and, and c- come a day where God's oh, well, if you're not going to use it, I'm going to give it to somebody else, right? Uh, I mean, Are, are you using the, the spiritual giftings that God's given you? you know, so how are we doing as stewards of those things? And finally, how are we doing as stewards of the Word of God? So you guys, you get to sit in life groups and Bible studies. You get to sit in Chi Alpha. Uh, most of you, I ho- ho- hope all of you connected with a local church on Sunday morning. Um, get, to hear, get to hear really challenging messages get to hear the word of God poured into you poured into you, poured into you you should be full of the word of God and then on top of that you should be studying the word of God on your own in your, in your daily devotional time your daily time with the Lord cracking the Bible, getting into the word with the Lord um, so you should be full of the word of God how are you doing with that? How, how are you doing as a steward of the word of God? are you applying it to your life? are you sharing it with the people around you? and specifically the gospel, the good news of Jesus that's been entrusted to you. If you'd heard the gospel, you're certainly responsible for how you respond to it, but you're also responsible in another way. You're responsible to, to share it with those around you and to, to, to say, hey, have you heard the good news about Jesus? Hey, have you, have you heard the gospel? Have you heard about what God did uh, by sending His Son? To family members, to friends, to classmates, to who knows how many thousand people on this campus haven't heard. Right? We're responsible for that. Come a day we'll be held accountable. You know, I entrusted my word to you. I entrusted the truth of my Son to you what did you do with it? What did you do with it? So that's something I want you guys to think about. Man, are we being good stewards with the gospel? You know, are we being quick to share those things uh, with those around us? I'm going to pray. And I want you guys to hold tight after I pray because we're going to do something else too. Um, but, but these are kind of things, uh, man. I, I just want you guys to, with the Holy Spirit, just kind of take an inventory. We're going to be quiet for just a moment and then I'm going to pray. Um, but as we close our eyes, look, just, just take a moment to take an inventory of your own life. God how am I doing as these things how am I doing as a steward God you've entrusted us with so much probably so much more than we realize a lot of us probably feel like well I don't have much at all um, but then as we start to think we realize man maybe I, maybe I have a lot more than I thought God I've got huge stretches of hours uh, that I'm not held accountable for at all that I could use for you God I've, I've got influence I've got resources I've got talents that I'm not really using for you at all so take a moment. Let Holy Spirit search your heart. And if you're feeling uh, condemned or discouraged, then that's not the Holy Spirit. Um, and, but, but the Holy Spirit will kind of place things, place His finger on things that you can be like, yeah, I can do better on that. I can do better on that. God, please help me by Your grace to do better in that area. Help me to use that for Your kingdom and for Your glory. It's the enemy that would beat you down and make you feel condemned. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit of God that would encourage you, that would lift you up, that would shape and mold you uh, that the, the would convict and correct but never condemn if you can feel the Holy Spirit putting his finger on a certain area in your life man, j- just take a moment and pray to God God would you please help me to be a better steward of my time God please help me to be a better steward of my talents and abilities God I know you've blessed me let me use it to bless you let me use it to honor you let me use it for your kingdom and for your glory God, I, know, I know college students are supposed to be broke but I've actually got a little bit of money how am I using it though to help, to help your kingdom how am I using it to help those less fortunate God how am I using it uh, to bless and honor you I may not have money but I've got other, other resources God how am I using my, my car uh, how am I using my dorm room, my apartment to be hospitable to help others God you've given me spiritual uh, abilities and strengths and spiritual gifts how am I using those help me God help me God as we're all just kind of taking a personal spiritual inventory and talking with the Lord and, and our eyes are closed, if there's someone in here tonight that says, Matt, when you talked about having a relationship with God, um, if I'm going to be honest, I'd say I don't have one of those, but I want to. Uh, if you say that's you, uh, Matt, would you pray with me? Would you just go and raise your hand? And say, Matt, would you please pray with me? I don't know that I have that kind of relationship with God. where I could stand before God and he say, yes, I know you. Anybody here tonight that would want to pray that, put their trust in Jesus and have a relationship with God? Thank you. I see that hand. Um, We'll just wait just a second. Anybody else say, would you pray for me?" Anybody else? Okay, I'm going to pray. Father God, uh, we don't we don't want to be the kind of people that come to you and say, "God, I did all these things for you," and then you respond, "But I never knew you." God, we want to know you. We want to have a vibrant, thriving relationship with you. So, God, right now we admit our need for you, our need for a Savior. God, please forgive our sins. Forgive all of our wrongdoing, all the times we failed you, all the times we've been selfish and prideful, hurt ourselves, hurt other people. Please have mercy on us, God. Please forgive us uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to live for you. God, would you be our Savior, Jesus? Would you be the Lord of our life? Help us to serve you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. God, all of us here, God, that are kind of taking an inventory, thinking about those things, I pray that wouldn't stop here, that, that, that through the rest of the evening and maybe tomorrow and through the weekend, we'd think about uh, the things you've entrusted to us. God, you've given us so many gifts if we stop to think about it. So much that you've, you've laid in our lap. You've been so generous to us. You've invested so much into us. Uh, God, I pray Lord in the next next few days that, that we'd take care uh, that, that we're using all those things for you, for, you, for your glory. Uh, that we're being a light to those around us. So we're bringing the gospel to those around us. God, use our lives. Let our lives count for you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I need a helper. Everyone in this room needs one of these envelopes. Can you gonna help me, Taylor? Sure. Everybody, everybody in this room needs one of those envelopes. Um, while they're passing that out, so I'm gonna take this box of live dead journals, and when we go for snack time, I'll just take it out there, uh, and and go ahead if you've got your five dollars and. Want to come get a book? Go ahead and get it. If you don't have your $5, go ahead and still get a book and pay me the $5 another time because I want you to be able to go ahead and start on Monday when we start. Um, Let me know when everybody's got an envelope. Don't open it yet. Wait just a second. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Almost everybody? Okay. Just passing out the last one. Oh, there's a lot left over. You guys were supposed to invite more people. Yeah, okay. That's okay. It's okay. Is that all of uh, them? you can go to open your envelope. So in there is uh, in that envelope is a little bit of money. Either five dollars, two dollars, we didn't get one or one dollar. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, here's what's going to happen. Can we come down on that a little bit? Here's what's going to happen. So, I'm investing this money in you for the kingdom, and I expect a return. Let me explain about what I mean by that. Um, so, we're going to start the Live Dead Challenge all throughout the month of February. We're going to start that on Monday and go throughout the month of February, and we're going to be intensely focused both on our spiritual growth and also on missions, on the lost. Uh, at the end of February, the first Chi Alpha in March, we're going to celebrate and we're going to take up an offering for missions. Uh, this is my investment in you guys. Uh, and then in a month, and like, well, it gets closer to five, six weeks. Um, man, I-, I want you guys to bring back what you've earned. So if you take your $5 and you double it, you take your $2 and double it, you take your $1 and double it, be creative. I'm not going to be going around saying, you know, hey, where's that $1? I, it's, not, it's not like that. Um, but this is a, a tangible illustration for you uh, man, to put some of these principles into practice. So be creative. Maybe you take your $1 and a buddy's $1 and you guys go buy some cookie dough and you bake it and you sell some cookies and you take that money and you give it in the offering, right? Or, or maybe you've maybe you got some other creative ideas. You're crafty. You go buy some things to make. You can knit things. Or you can, you can make necklaces. You can make bracelets to sell. Something like that. Or you've got some other creative idea. What are some other creative ideas? What do you think, Joey? Uh, <laughs> back a dollar. they give you a dollar, 5 goes a long way stand, a lot of dollars goes so. with dollars. Yeah, so just just be creative. Yeah. Be be creative with it. Be creative and, and, and maybe the dollar maybe this well, your creative idea to raise money maybe is not something that, you know, that, that would even cost a dollar. Maybe you think of a free idea that would, that would make money and then you just kind of add it to your dollar. Now whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. Uh, and then that first Chi Alpha in March, we're going to take them an offering. It's going to go to missions uh, we're going to be given towards missions, uh, probably specifically uh, a live-dead missions team that's bringing the gospel to an unreached part of the world. When I say unreached, here's what I mean by that: um, There's a lot of lost people in Memphis, but you would not call them unreached. Why? Because we have a church on every stinking corner. Some corners, two or three churches, right? So they have access to the gospel, even if they are lost as can be. An unreached people group don't even have access to the gospel. There's no churches there. In many of these places, there's no Christians there, and it'll tell you. Uh, it'll tell you there as you're praying for that people group on the last page, uh, if there's like one Christian for every thousand, or one Christian for every million, or some of those no-known Christians. That's an unreached people group. So our offering is going to go towards a missions team that's taking the gospel to people that have never heard it. Okay? Um, and, it, man, if we, if we take up a really big offering, then maybe we can split it among multiple missions teams. That would be awesome. Uh, but that's my challenge to you, right? Uh, and and so, so, so take that money. Figure out a way to multiply it. Figure it out. Be creative. Man, man, make a plan. Maybe you partner up with somebody. You're thinking, I got $1. What can that be? It's symbolic, right? It's symbolic. Figure out a way to raise money. Maybe you guys do something else creative. Uh, that's my challenge. Mike.